Good evening, those visitors out in uh, Cyberland tonight. Uh, thanks for joining us. My name is Bill, and it's always an honor to have people tune in and actually catch our services here at Crossroads. Uh, for visitors who haven't been with us the last couple of weeks, we're in the middle of a, of a series in the middle of the COVID-19 economic pandemics that are sweeping our country. Uh, Crossroads has chosen to do actually a six-week series on mental and emotional health. Very appropriate for the situation. Actually, we'd planned this before we knew any of this was going to happen, but it works in place. Now, with all the sheltering in place, uh, working uh, from home, schools shutting down, social distancing, uh, restrictions that we're living with, most people are being challenged uh, emotionally and mentally to adapt. For myself, I'm trying to adapt to social isolation. I'm, a, I'm kind of a people guy. Uh, so I miss people. Having a great time with my wife at home, we've actually enjoyed the time. As a follower of Christ, I've, I, I have regular time with God, but it has increased greatly. There's no pressure uh, to run out the door and, and to do some other function. So uh, my time with my wife, my time with God is really great. Getting some more exercise in. Uh, but But today we're talking about different emotions that we have inside of our life. We've been doing it each one. Uh, today we're going to talk about anger, one of the most common ones that are felt inside of our culture today. Uh, the challenges to our mental, emotional health, they're common to all of us. We, we've used this as a standard verse that, that tells us there's no temptation that, that would overtake us, that would come into our life. Uh, that's not common to everyone. We, we all have struggles uh, emotionally, mentally, relationally, inside of our lives. Uh, many of us physically. Uh, but God, he will never give us more than we can take, more than we can handle. He will always provide a way of escape. And this is just isn't a way of escape from uh, the situation. It's actually so we can endure the situation. But more importantly, we can go through the situation without sinning, without, without hurting other people without hurting ourselves. Uh, we have the ability to follow God's plan so that we can actually be victorious uh, over the emotions that are there. Uh, each week in this series, we've looked at several things. We started with a, a, a topic called I'm Fragile. It was the first week, and, and the point of that was to, to talk about the fragility that has come into our culture uh, as we get uh, more and more advanced uh, social issues, emotional issues, mental issues, relational issues, you know, have, have kind of skyrocketed uh, in the last 30, 40 years. The curve is straight up if you do any research at all. And so uh, we're into this talking along those lines. We're fragile. The next, last week, Dion did a great job of talking about anxiety, fear, uh, that comes inside of our lives, particularly uh, in the times that we're living in right now. Uh, this week is, is anger. I uh, came in, and uh, that's, that's what we're going to talk about. Next week is, is lonely, and then we're going to talk about being a control freak. Uh, but, but in each of these mental health issues that, that I struggle with and you do, we're just not alone. Each week, we're, we're talking about the common temptations uh, that come to all of us. But be clear, they are common to all of us. We have them. And one of the things about this kind of a time in life, we can be honest with each other. 
We can say, hey, here's something that I'm going through. Uh, most of us are struggling, I am for sure, to find a new normal, uh, to be uh, connected with other people as we go forward. Uh, as we talk about anger today, the truth is uh, listening to this and getting ready, uh, some of you may get tempted to get angry at the approach we take. Uh, some people are angry today uh, because of the way our government's responding. Uh, we're put us all in social time out. Uh, there's anger about some of that with people. If you look at the protesters in the street right now, a group of protesters angrily pushing to open the culture, another group angrily pushing and demonstrating to keep the culture closed. There's anger. There may be anger at our government leaders for bickering strife and all the things that are going on inside of their lives instead of actually showing us a path out of this in unity. The accusations arguing, even angry rants and tweets looking for political gain, they're not helping us. And, and many here, uh, potentially at times myself, can get angry at the media for inciting uh, emotional pain and divisions uh, we could be angry at the economy being crushed. Many people have lost their jobs, N not just working from home, but they've lost their jobs. We're going to hit a whole new normal for over 30 million people as people start to go back to work and looking at that. Uh, and, and, of course, everyone's angry at the guy that started to rush on toilet paper. And so that's just part of what we have going on. But, but anger is part of this. Survey after survey talks to people about what are you angry at you know some people can be can be angry uh at, at homeless people or people of different uh, nationalities people of everything else some people are angry at china for starting this thing uh today we're uh forced to live or have the opportunity to live in close relationships with our family for many this is working out really well uh relationships are growing like myself my wife we're thoroughly enjoying it uh but for others, the rate of uh, domestic violence and, and abuse inside the home is actually increasing to, to some point in some cities where the spike is so, so high that uh, the police can't respond to all the calls that are coming in. We even had an incident in Ridgecrest, of all places, uh, last night in this area. And many in our country are mad at God. Because let's be honest. He's either allowing or he's actually planning and bringing about and ordaining the pandemics that we're each facing. People get mad at God because truly he's, he's the man at the top. Uh, and that's, that's where anger always goes. People are angry at God, too, if they've lost a loved one that have taken place. We've got 12 million known infections in our country. Uh, 70, over 77,000 people have died. Many people are angry at God taking their loved one. But no matter what the source of the anger, God says his temptation is common to all of us. However it comes to each of us, it's different. But there really is a, a clear way of escape from each of these. You know, the, uh, the thing is that, that God's command about that is clear. Uh, his command is, don't be angry. He's, this is a personal thing between us and God. This is a heart issue with the living God. Old Testament, we're told that uh, instead in the old, you should not murder. Jesus ups the ante 
Whoever murders is liable to judgment. But I say to you, whoever is angry with his brother, this is, this is a heart issue. It's, it's not the physical act, because murder, physical or any, starts in the heart. And that's where God looks. And he, and he says, guard your hearts. Uh, if you're angry with your brother, you, you're liable to judgment. If you insult your brother, you'll be liable to the council. And listen, whoever says you fool, you jerk, you whatever, you fill the blank, and I don't know what word may pop into your mind at moments of anger, but if we use that word, we are liable to the hell of fire. Jesus could not be clearer on his response to anger. As a matter of fact, when he was being crucified and being tried, in the crucifixion, he actually prayed for those crucifying. Uh, the apostle Peter, who was present uh, at his crucifixion, said he didn't revile, he didn't get mad, he didn't speak at or, or show anger to the people who were crucifying him or gambling for his clothes. Uh, that He says, no. Uh, leave that anger away. You know, so this, this is serious commands. So as we go forward, the importance of this is I think we need to take a step back. I invite you to join me in a moment of prayer. Heavenly Father, we're, we're human. We fail, we fall, we, we make mistakes. And Lord, we all wrestle with the emotion stirring inside of us at times and even coming out of anger. Lord, uh, we, we know what you want. And Lord, we don't like the feeling of anger. We certainly don't like the damage that, that anger can do to other people that we love. And we certainly don't enjoy being hurt by the anger that they throw at us. So Lord, as each of us looks for a way of escape today, a way of better understanding this powerful emotion that, that really you created and, and, and put in us. Uh, teach us the way of escape from harmful anger, that we don't hurt you or hurt other people. Thanks that you'll do that. Bring Christ's name. Amen. Uh, so we've got the clear command of God, but as, as we look around the world, we, we, look at, we live in the age of rage. I was listening to a United Nations uh, uh, General Assembly uh, when he was talking about this. They were talking about world leaders and all this. He says, we have a pandemic caused by the tsunami of hate and scapegoating and scaremongering. And those were angry. He, he starts talking about one of the quotes that he, that he found uh, on Facebook was, was an angry statement. He says, well, who cares if the old people are sick and, and dying? Well, they're old. We don't, this is hate at its highest level, and particularly speaking as an old dude, uh, that certainly has an impact on me. Uh, but this is, this is hate going out. Anger, strife, divisions, the new normal. Parents, because they don't have the tools, are angry often in disciplining their kids. You know, we see, we see uh, kids displaying anger age-appropriate. If they're, if they're young, we see them flopping on the floor and, and controlling through, through temper tantrums. We can see them uh, controlling and angrily yelling even at their parents in Walmart or other stores to get a specific toy that they wanted. And sadly, something that I never would have seen in my age, I've seen teenagers stand toe-to-toe -to -toe and, and argue 
with their parents and speak back, whether it's a physical, verbal, or whether it's just the rolling of the eyes attitude, which, which certainly demonstrates the anger that they're feeling. And it's just not relational anger. It's all around us, road rage, workplace rage. Uh, many of you who are younger may not even catch the expression. At one time we had uh, postal, uh, going postal was an expression of, of getting angry uh, and responding to other people. You know, we're tempted in traffic when we're cut off. One of the things we in Ridgecrest get the joy of doing is driving 395, the most dangerous highway, close to the most dangerous highway in the nation, as far as I know. And we get to back up a long line of cars because there's always the camper whose job is to make sure that there's a traffic jam. But then somebody, somebody far back crosses on the double yellows and just goes whizzing past everybody and often, too often in my case, gets almost back in. There's a car coming in, and I've got to go off to the side of the road. The, the natural response is anger. When people honk at us, there's anger uh, on each one of these things. There's a temptation. It's common. So uh, what are we going to do about that? How are we going to you know, deal with these feelings of anger? First, uh, let's talk about two ways of handling emotions. We we talked about this the first week, and, and we'll continue to talk about it throughout this, because there's two ways of dealing with emotions, the emotions of anger or fear or depression, any one of them. We can go at them one of two ways. We can go at them in the world's way, the way that secular psychologists and other people would tell us to go at it, the, the pundits of today, uh, the talking heads, or we can go at it the way God tells us to go at it. But but I really want to start out with, with, with God's way. Uh, it's don't be conformed to this world. Uh, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. There's two ways to look at it. And, and okay, here we go. Don't be conformed to this world. Emotional health. Emotional health is a person's ability to accept and manage feelings through challenge and change. Mental health. Uh, cognitive behavior. Uh, well-being, it's about people, how they feel. I get the connection between those to manage feelings in the first one, and it's about how they feel in the next one. Spiritual health is conforming our lives to the will of God. So we really have two choices here, two worldviews, if you will, of the way we accomplish uh, management of our emotions. One is God's way, God's worldview. And if we follow that, it, it is good, acceptable, and perfect. And, and here's a, a slide that, that we use quite a bit. And this is how God set up human beings. He created us rational beings. He, we're created in his image with the ability to make rational decisions, to make logical decisions, and, and to evaluate information and build our lives on it. Truly, he says that we should build our lives on facts. Facts, first off, of who God is. You know, we talked the first week, won't do it again at any detail. But God, with objective evidence and facts, proves his existence. He proves the supernatural nature of the Bible. God proves his love by sending Christ. Christ proves who he is by the miracles and everything that he did here. He dies for our sins, and he proves that he's supernatural by being raised from the dead. Uh, there's evidence that, that I can point to. I can have faith 
in those facts. I, I do have faith in those facts. As a matter of fact, I, uh, a lot of people say that you, Christianity is all about faith. No. Christianity is about facts. And I have faith in those facts. And, and any rational person would do that as we go forward. It's God's word. And so because I have facts, I have faith in them, I follow them. It would be the height of foolishness to not follow what I know is true and given to me by God or really any other rational processes. I look at two plus two. If I feel it is five, I don't think that's going to be the right answer. So it's facts, faith, follow. And then at the end of the train are emotions. Emotions follow. If, we, if I do what is right, if I live what is correct, uh, if I do those things, if I obey God's word and apply them to my life, then I have good feelings. This is the option that we have. We've built our lives this way for six weeks in this series. And oh, by the way, for 52 weeks every year, we encourage people to build their lives on the facts of God. We ask and challenge people to investigate the facts. If, if there's doubt or lack of information or lack of confidence that God is who he says he is, there's ample evidence for anyone who's interested. If we can help you in that journey, please let us know. Biblical Christians have faith in God. We build our lives on it. Now, USA 2020, let's shift gears of what something that's happened uh, over the last several decades in our country. There's a new train that's shown up on the tracks. And... Uh, this train is, is the train that's, that's powered by feelings, that's powered by emotions. It's the energy of our life comes from how we feel about something, the emotions that are responding and echoing inside of our, inside of our hearts and our minds. It's feelings. So today, kids for generations now have been taught to have faith in their feelings. It's so important how we feel. The, the concept that we're here, we're supposed to be happy. Everything's supposed to work in our life to make us happy. We're supposed to be happy the way we feel about ourselves. We're supposed to be uh, happy in each of our relationships, our jobs, everything. We're to be happy. Our feelings are what count. And if we lose those feelings or, or another feeling comes in, if depression comes in, well, it controls our life. We have faith. If I feel depressed... Well, I'm going to have faith in that, and I'm going to back off and gear down and turn away. And today, if I have feelings of anger, well, that anger becomes my reality because feelings and emotions, they're my reality. And so I follow them. I, I respond. And somewhere off to the, off to the, in the ditch are the facts of life. You know, God's not in view. Our responsibilities aren't in view. And in many cases, common sense is, is not in view as we build our lives in that area. The, the challenge, of course, to all of us, if we let our emotions control our lives, it's a roller coaster. It is with me. Uh, it's, it's an up and down response. Emotions are cruel masters uh, if we let them rule us. Emotions, feelings are, by definition, temporary. They're passing. They come and they go. Why? Well, because they're not based on facts or reality. They're based on an emotion that's inside of us, something that's generated by events or people or external stimulus in our lives. So where does that leave us? And, and what does God offer us? Well, the answer is the good news. 
the good news is that God offers us mental and emotional health. He says that if our mind is stayed on him, if, if we focus on God, if our focus, our faith is focused on the facts, then it, then it says that uh, if, we, if we'll live in perfect peace because our, our hearts are stayed on the truth. The truth isn't going to change with God. He's not going to get up tomorrow and say, hey, I changed. He's been the same forever and will be. He's eternal. Trust God. He's an everlasting rock, solid to build our lives on. And here's, here's an important verse for not only this particular message, but for life. Here's what God offers a biblical Christian. Because a biblical Christian has laid their life down, and Jesus Christ now lives through them. So the emotions really are Jesus living through us, and the power and the nature of the Holy Spirit are now resident inside of us. And when, when the Holy Spirit lives in us, we, we have the opportunity to, to experience and pass on pure, unconditional love. We all want to be loved. We want to show love. When, when, when God's Spirit in Christ is working through us, we can honestly show unconditional love to other people. We can have joy, not happiness always, but joy inside of our lives, not based on external circumstances or emotions, but based on the reality of who God is. We can have peace. All of the functions Kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and, and ultimately self-control. These are, this, is, this is not of ourselves. This is God in us, the power of God working. Just as Christ manifests all of these in his life, the Holy Spirit brings them to us and gives them to us in power. Uh, they're inside of us that we can count on them. You know, we can live unselfish, kind lives. Okay, so... There it is. God offers them. They're given to a biblical Christian. Why doesn't everyone have them? Well, the truth is we're in a spiritual battle. There are forces in this world that are best said evil, that are dark forces inside of our lives. You know, there is a devil. You know, we, we challenged that for, for decades, actually. Uh, very few people believed in the devil. A recent survey, uh, besides all the objective evidence on the news today, 51% of the people believe in a traditional God, but 44% of the people believe in a devil just as described in the Bible. A roaring lion uh, that roams about the earth trying to destroy uh, spiritual forces of darkness and wickedness. You know, some of the things that one of the best way to prove the existence of God is, is to take our eyes off God for a minute and just prove the existence of supernatural evil that requires and, and has people doing corrupt, uh, unimaginable things that any human being would do to another human being. It's, it, it's just incredible. So the, the forces of darkness are there. They're, they're, uh, there, are there are evil forces at work. You know, you just look at the news each night and you'll see the same thing. Drug overdoses, divorce, rape, addictions, uh, the flood of pornography. The devil is real. And now uh, we're we going to take a little trip on the wild side. And as I do this, we're going to uh, 
ask the devil to come in and kind of explain himself to us. Uh, the name of the video is uh, Speak of the Devil. Uh, we've used it before. But warning to parents, if you've got young kids there, you may want to fast forward through this, like all those commercials that you don't want to listen to, or uh, set it aside and, and pick it up tomorrow. Uh, it's a fun video, and it gets the idea across. So, so please in, let me introduce uh, our, our least friendly friend, the devil. I just wanted to stop by and give you a little update on what's going on. Now, some of you don't have a clue as to who I am, but there's others of you that know exactly who I am. And let's be clear on one thing. I know who you are. I spend as much time as I can with most of you. And here's the part that should make you a little uncomfortable. I spent a lot of time with your children. And thanks to some of you, they don't even know what to look out for. Sure, there's times I, I kind of wish I did the whole horns, pitchfork, and red cape thing, but, you know, that would make it too easy for you guys. You see, the great thing for me is that I don't look like anything. I can look like just about everything. I don't have to be here. Some of the best work I do with you people is up here. Now, some of you are thinking, I'm successful, I live a good life, my family's happy, you don't have me. Well, guess what? I can take you down in more ways than you understand. I have one goal, and that's to keep you away from God. And if I can make you miserable in the process, well, bonus for me. And for those of you that don't understand the problem that I have with our Creator, read the book. It's all in there. I want you to think of all the places you've seen me in the past week. TV, newspaper, radio, movies, the internet. <laughs> the internet, wow. Wow, I love that place. Do you know that I have over 420 million pages of porn on that thing? And it does almost $5 billion in revenue a year and growing. Thanks in part to many of you. Let me let you in on a little secret. And I don't mind either. You know why I don't mind? because most of you will forget everything that was said in this service by the time you walk out those back doors. Are you ready for this? All you have to do is choose to avoid me. You want to know the best thing God ever did for me was to give you the ability to choose? You see, you can't not choose. And here's the greatest thing about it. By not choosing him, you automatically choose me. Now, some of you have figured out how to keep me away. And quite frankly, there's no mystery to it. James 4, 7. Resist the devil and he will flee. But most of you choose to allow me free reign in your life. You know, there's that word again. Choose. I have drugs, porn, infidelity, greed, lust, pride, slander, and the list goes on and on and on. But the one thing I do not have is the ability to offer you freedom. You know, to see Jesus suffer on that cross was one of the greatest moments of my life. Then when he was with me, the burning and the torture that he felt was at my hands. And I loved it. I loved every second of his torture. But you know what I couldn't stop thinking of? I couldn't stop thinking about why he was there. During that time, I could only think of one thing. That when his torment was over, it meant that all of humanity, every one of you, 
would have the chance for an eternal life of peace. And all you would have to do is simply choose. You know, I know how this is going to end. I know what's in store for me. I will be condemned to an eternal hell, but until that day, I will do everything in my power to unleash that hell on this earth. And as God, as my witness, if you even allow me the smallest corner of your life, I will not stop until I destroy you. And until you cry for mercy in Christ's sake, I will not let you go. When the service is over, I will be waiting. I'll be waiting for some of you at work, at school, or at home. You know, I'll even see some of you in the car outside. Just remember, it's either me or him. Who do you choose? Well, for those of you still here, uh, or still talking to me, uh, we choose. The spiritual battle is the reality that we live with. It's, it's in the world, and, it, and it's also inside of us. You know, uh, God cares about us. We have to watch out for the devil. There is a spiritual reality. Uh, how can we explain some of the things we've done without that? Now, but that's a battle in the world that comes at us, but there's also a battle inside of us. You know, this, this devil angel on each shoulder, it's kind of, it, it's got some foundation in reality inside of our lives. Uh, we want to walk by the Spirit. We won't then choose to walk by the Spirit. We won't gratify the desires of the flesh. It's a choice. But there's a battle inside of us. Spirit, flesh, sin, God. We choose who wins. We choose who we allow to run. Now, the works of the flesh are just as we had the works of the Spirit. We have works of the flesh. Immorality, when 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 God is not working in our life, Satan is. The battle is in a conflict inside of us. And it's anger is one of the main things that are there. If you go down and start looking at the list that takes place there, uh, compare the two. As a matter of fact, I put together two lists that will let you look at both sides. On the left, this is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. There's love, joy, peace, patience, uh, goodness, faith, self-control. But now look at the other side. If we let the devil loose in our life, or, or the scarier part, if we let our natural inclinations and desires loose, our default position is to gratify ourselves. And if we do that, we'll have sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, uh, historic word or, uh, for, source, for drugs. Now here it is. Look at this about anger. Enmity. Enemies, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalry, dissensions, divisions. It sounds like our political system. It's, it sounds so many ways like our divided country today, if we look at it. Uh, fruit of the flesh, fruit of the spirit. That's the reality. How, how do we know where we are? By the way, this is just a, uh, a resource that we have available every day. Uh, I encourage people, if they have any questions, to do a daily heart check. This is the blue card. Uh, it's on our app. It's going to be on our website. All you have to do is look it up. But inside of there, as you go through, it talks about all the conflict and places you may be. And it asks you to do something really simple. It asks you to look at the fruit of the Spirit and the fruit of the flesh. And honestly answer, 
what's working in my life? What's the reality of my emotional and mental health? Who is winning the battle inside of my life? Really, and if, if you have any questions about that and you're you know, kind of stumbled about that, ask your mate. Give them permission to tell the truth. Uh, really brave, ask your kids, ask your parents, uh, ask a, a trusted friend, ask them, what, what do you see in my life or, or where can I improve? You know, this is, uh, this is the reality that we walk in. There's, there is a choice in our responses to, to emotions like anger, how we handle those in our life. And so as we go forward, we're going to talk about how to control our anger and not let it control us. We're all aware of the damage. I don't have to build a case. I know I've said things, and I'm sure everyone listening, we've said things that we would love to take back. We, we've, we've done damage uh, with our anger to other people, and, and other people have damaged us. That's just the reality of life. Uh, you know, I, I know many parts, even as a follower of Christ, I was controlled by anger. I was fatigued and, and run into the ground. These are my excuses then and uh, no longer excuses now. Uh, but it's something we watch out for. I was emotionally, physically exhausted. Financial pressure was coming at me. I, I described myself as spring-loaded to the angry position. If something didn't go right, instant anger, whether it was at a work site, a job site, uh, or even at home with the kids, if it didn't go right, you know, over for a period of years. That was my reality. Uh, until someone had the time to take me aside and said, Hey, Bill, you know you're angry? And honestly, no, I didn't really know that. I knew I was manifesting anger, but I didn't know I was an angry person. Uh, so I still deal with it, the temptations to anger uh, and get defensive when insulted. It's a real battle for me. And if you're honest, it, it's a real battle for you, too, as we go forward. And, and now, just a side note, for over 40 years, I've done family marriage counseling. And I, I, I often have couples come in, and I, I get, build a relationship, you know, start talking about where you're from, what you all listen, get talking. And then I'll say, well, why are you here? Well, we got stubble in our relationship. And so I said, well, unpack some of that. And over time, they, they start to tell me what's wrong with the other person. And as they do that, one will say this and the other one will say back and they'll escalate and, and almost without exception, or they wouldn't be there if they didn't have issues, uh, anger would manifest itself. Between these two people who love each other, many of them have been married for decades, have kids together, uh, they built a life, but accusations start to go uh, back and forth between them. They've shared emotional uh, uh, physical intimacy, uh, all these things, but yet they're mad at each other. What in the world is that about? What it is, is they've stopped learning how to handle anger inside of relationships. And so we're going to talk about that uh, as we go forward. You know, in, in many of these cases, they've even played the divorce card. How can rational people let that happen? Let's, let's, let's first make a simple division, and I'll go across this quickly. I hope to go across a lot quickly. You've got an outline there to, to pick it up on. You see, there's good anger, and let's make sure we understand that. There's good anger. Uh, 
there's the anger of God, but, but God gives anger as an emotion to us to solve problems, to point them at the issue, at the problem, and to solve that problem. It's not to be pointed at people. It's to be pointed at the problem. This first verse is be angry and don't sin. So there's, a, there's an anger without sin. Don't, but here's some of the choices we have. Don't let the sun go down on it and give the devil an opportunity. Because you see, anger's good. God has anger. It, as a matter of fact, God, the wrath of God is revealed against sin. All unrighteousness of those people who reject him, who hurt other people, who have the truth... And this is basically uh, the majority of our country who know the truth of God, but they reject it. Matter of fact, if you read Romans 1, where this comes from, you can see the decline of our country uh, from, from Romans uh, 18, uh, Romans 1, 18 on uh, through the rest of the chapter. The decline of our nation is there. Uh, we abandon God, so, so he has no choice but to abandon us to it. So, so God uses anger. Jesus cleansed the temple. Uh, and also, by the way, this is what I would call righteous anger. But we have to guard this because everyone starts to justify their anger. Well, that's righteous anger. That's, that's what I'm feeling. But very careful. Know this, brethren. Every person be quick to hear. So hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man, it's not going to produce the righteousness of God. Well, this seems like a conflict here. Anger's okay, but the anger of man... Okay, here's the difference. The anger of man is pointed at other people. It's not God's anger. It's their anger. They make rapid in spiritual terms uh, that they're anger at this, angry at this people. Uh, very simple response. Anger to be focused on the problem. You know, I use this example because the first one I ever heard, mothers against drunk drivers, was a response out of anger at a son being killed by a drunk driver. It was focused at the problem of drunk driving, which significantly has decreased in our country because of this lady's effort in this organization. Pregnancy care center in our town and all the towns of our nation are standing between uh, young unwed mothers that are pregnant or women that are pregnant and, and the abortionist. You know, they're standing against obvious evil. Uh, Voice of the Martyrs, a Christian organization, is, was founded on the ability to protect martyrs. That's the energy that runs with Teen Challenge. To move. These are focusing energy from our anger on a problem to solve it, to gather resources around. This is righteous anger, because these are things God's mad at. This is God's heart. You know, God, God is angry at sin. So, so this is something that, that that's, where, that's good anger. Now, anger that's sinful and destructive. Uh, again, we mentioned it earlier. When, when our heart murders someone, well, then we're liable to judgment. We are. And, and never take revenge. So anger that's focused at other people, destructive of other people as we go forward, uh, or uh, in these situations that vengeance, we want to get even. It's not about a problem. It's about the person and hurting that other person. You know, again, it, this don't be angry. It seems like uh, uh, challenging statements for us. But we know the truth. Anger is destructive if it's not under control. 
So, and, and if we are angry and it's out of control, it is sinful. A, a, one of my great verses is, a fool is quick-tempered. A lot of times I'll say to myself, if I get angry at something, a fool loses his temper, a fool loses his temper. Just to remind myself that when I'm angry and it's not pointed in the right direction, well, I'm a fool. Fools vent their anger. The wise quietly hold it back. A person without self-control of any emotion, by the way, is like a city broken into and without walls. If our walls are down, Satan can run in and out of our lives, do whatever he wants to us. So this is the, the, the result of sinful anger. And make no mistake, in 2020, I don't care what every psychologist in the world, I don't care what all your friends are, we are responsible for our anger. We are responsible for our behavior. It's a choice, my friends. It's a choice for me, and it's a choice for you. We can't deny our responsibility uh, we can't blame shift it and play victim. Uh, I love the expression, they push my buttons. Whose buttons are they? They're ours. So when, when, when someone's pushing our buttons, we have the ability to disconnect those buttons, remove those buttons. Be careful. We will be responsible for our actions and behaviors by a loving God because he'll direct us back on the right path. You can't mock God's justice. If we live to satisfy the flesh, follow the flesh, follow our emotions, there will be consequences in our life, uh, in our relationships here, and, and for sure in our eternity. Continue to seek to do the right thing. Now, as we, as we shift gears here, we, we've kind of hopefully laid a foundation for anger. Well, how do we, def- how do we defeat the schemes and the attacks of the devil? We, we've used this, this graphic uh, each week. And so uh, it talks about a holistic life. This is the life that's, that's got it all going on, our physical life, our mental life, our relationships, our finances, our work, our family. They're all following God's order and direction as, as we live our lives. We're listening to God. We're applying his commands to our lives. Don't let sin, because again, choice Don't let sin control the way we live. Don't let sin decide what we do. Don't give in to the sinful desires that are in the inside. Don't let any part of our body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. This is a choice. This is as clear as it's going to get that God gives it to us. Each of these areas, and we're just going to touch on them as we go through. Each of these areas, there are things that can contribute contribute to anger inside of our lives. I call them accelerants. If these things are, uh, we're disobeying God in an area and these accelerants are present inside of our lives, our anger will be multiplied as we go forward. It's that simple. Do what is right. First and foremost, and this is, as because we, we can't obey God. We can't have the Holy Spirit unless Christ lives in us. First and foremost, be a biblical Christian, a, a Christian a person who's fallen in love with God and laid our lives down for him, just like he laid his life down for us, paying the price for the sins that, that we've committed. There should be this response to that out of love, 
I've been crucified with Christ. He lives through me. I've given him my life. You know, and I keep his commandments. You know, because I love him. It's very simple. I can't say I love him and not do the right thing. If I know the right thing, I have to do the right thing. You know, this favorite counseling expression that our, my personal relationship with Jesus Christ will determine all of my personal relationships. It'll define it with my wife, my kids, my friends, my church, with everybody. Same with you. Think about that. Our personal relationship with Christ. How we treat him, how we serve him, how we obey him will define all of our other relationships because it literally defines our nature. We replace our human nature with God's nature. So our personal relationship defines all of that. And as we go forward, how do we do that? Let's talk about the most common area of anger, sadly, is in relationships. Let's talk about obeying God in relationships. And it's a simple, really simple checklist. First and foremost is forgive the other person. Don't, I use the expression packing heat. Don't pack any heat against anyone else. Be quick to forgive other people as Christ has forgiven us. Again, the simple verse, if we let the sun go down on it, if we hold on to it, then we're just taking a step back and asking Satan to come into our hearts, our lives, and that relationship. So be quick to forgive. Don't give the devil an opportunity. I love this. Bitterness, rage, anger, slander. Be put far from you. You know, uh, forgiving each other how? What's our standard of forgiveness? For those of you right now, this is kind of a challenge. Uh, who are you angry at? If you're angry at someone, forgive them. And you can say, well, okay. No, to God's standard. We want to be forgiven the way that, that Christ forgives us. Forgive other people the same way. Uh, just as he's forgiven us completely, totally, he died for our sins before we were born. Forgiveness was sitting there waiting for us. But look at the warning. If, if we don't forgive others, our trespasses, that, that puts us in a place which tells us first why. We don't have God's nature. Because God's nature forgives. So if we don't forgive other people, we can't be forgiven, not specifically for that forgiveness, but because we don't have God's nature. We haven't laid our lives down. We're not a biblical Christian. So first, forgive other people. Number two, accept them as the way they are. Don't try and change them. You know, it's, it's, it's always funny. Uh, people get, uh, I, I pick on politicians, and I don't, well, I guess I do mean to, because everyone understands the situation. We get mad at politicians, and they say, look what they're doing. They're doing this. They're doing that. And I say, well, what would you expect? They're not Christian. It, it has nothing to do with Democrat, Republican, liberal, progressive, conservative. Is Christ in them or not? So uh, accept them in the way they are. If you're married to someone, they're sinners. You know, I'd love to to take this young couple that come in and they're so excited about getting married and, and just point out to them, by the way, you know you're going to marry a sinner, don't you? And it, and it starts some interesting conversations, but they live in denial for probably the first six months and then they're back and we talk. But accept people where they are. Dion used this verse last week. Look at what's true and honorable. I can look at my wife, you can look at your closest relationship and you can find good 
and you can find bad. You choose what you look at. If you look at the bad and dwell on it, you're listening to gossip from the devil because God does not gossip. So look at the good that's in them. Forgive. Look at the good that's in them uh, and look for a solution to whatever conflict you come into. Uh, look for a way of finding peace. You know, most couples, and, and it's interesting to watch because I've done it for decades, I, I'd go back and forth. We'd go over the same issue, restating our positions, going back and forth, and hopefully adding a little polish to it each time we do it. But we didn't do the important thing. We didn't focus on a solution. Solve the problem, or in 20 years, you'll be rehashing it again. So solve the problems that we deal with inside of our lives. Yeah, how do you solve problems? It's so simple. You become a humble servant of the other person. If they want you to take, off to take out the trash, <laughs> clue, take out the trash. If they want you to turn off your computer and spend time with them and get off Facebook and other things, spend time with them. If, if they want you to do certain things to help, it's, it's not sin, do it. Why, why would we not do it? Have the attitude that Christ had inside of our lives. If our tender and compassionate, be humble, thinking of others is more important. Uh, one of the interesting things in, in, in counseling people, it only takes one to be Jesus. And the problem goes away. If someone's not doing the dishes and everyone's upset, go do the dishes. It only takes one to get rid of those dishes. It only takes one to take out the trash or to pick up the dog poop. Probably shouldn't have used that one. But it only takes one. And, and this what would Jesus do is, is not just a slogan. It really is a way of life. So, so go ahead and do that. But solve the problem by being Christ. And finally, an invitation to everyone. I don't know where you are. If, you can't, if you're hitting a hard spot, you can't solve a problem. The Bible says get help. So in relationships, find a Christian counselor, only Christian, and ask them to work through the biblical solutions to what you're dealing with. Put the scripture in front of you. That's a biblical. So, so that's relationships, and we'll have a whole series on that in a couple of weeks. Uh, next, protecting our physical health. Believe it or not, physical contributions to anger are significant, and the truth is we know it. You know, our body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. We are commanded to take care of it. Uh, we will not mock God's justice. If we refuse to do what is right, sin is crouching at the door, and he's looking for us. Uh, it, we live in a, a country that's got every kind of high-dollar bed that you can imagine. And yet we're all sleep-deprived. If we're not careful, that's the common thread that runs through it. We stay up watching junk TV. We get screen time. We do all this. We lose sleep, and we say, we can hack it. But the truth is, we can't. Some people have got a special gift, but for the overwhelming majority sleep, lack of sleep destroys our emotional reserves and our ability to think clearly. I know that happened to me. Lack of sleep, it just knocks us flat. 80% of our country is estimated to be in sleep depredation, and that's even your kids. Now, some would say, well, sleep's not a big deal. You let a two-year-old not have a nap, and every parent is running around going, oh, no, they need a nap or they're going to be grumpy. Well, if you don't get your sleep, by the way, you're going to be grumpy. 
Uh, sooner or later, it's going to come out because when we get squeezed, that's what's going to happen. You know, stick to a sleep schedule. Get rid of your screen time. Uh, do that. Uh, Drug-induced anger, whether it's, whether it's sugar, caffeine, illegal drugs, all of that, that kind of stuff, the alcohol, uh, wired on sugar. I've, got a, I've had friends in the past, and you can tell where they are exactly where they are in their caffeine cycle, whether they're, they're on the rise, they're a little down, or they're, they're at their natural perfect place, or they are so wired, don't say anything to them, they'll snap. Watch what we put in our bodies. Get a physical. You know, I encourage people, one of the things in counseling, no matter what the issue is, we talk about it each week, uh, get a physical. Do a full panel uh, with a good doctor, a blood panel. Uh, Note hormones, testosterone and estrogen. These are very powerful mood-modifying chemicals inside of our body. Take care of our health. You know, I I found this verse, and uh, it, it lines up with one of my favorite expressions. Uh, it, it, you know, it comes out of the book of Proverbs. Uh, in the end, you'll groan in anguish with disease. As when disease consumes your body, you'll say, how I hated discipline. Oh, if only I had not ignored all the warnings. Classic response, mine also at times. If I knew I was going to live this long, I'd have taken better care of my body. That's what this proverb is saying. Take care of our bodies, you know, the basics, eat, sleep, exercise, each of our things. Guard our physical health, our relational health, protect our minds. We'll be doing more about this next week. Garbage minds. We have the ability in our country in a matter of moments with a click of a mouse or your remote on your TV to unload garbage inside of our minds whether it's political debate. And oh, by the way, if you listen to political debate and political news, one of my favorite encouragement to people, if you feel emotions, negative emotions stirring in you and you're listening to that, if you're a Republican and you're mad at Democrats or you're a Democrat and you're mad at Republicans, guess what? I don't care how old you are. You are not mature enough to listen to political news. Turn it off. It's just destroying you on the inside. Just don't let that garbage get in to our minds as we go forward. Guard our minds. We'll do more of this as we go. Uh, Next, our finances. 90% of the arguments in the first year of marriage in some way can be traced back to finances. Lack of or who's spending it or who's not spending it, who's trying to control it. Uh, Debt destroys marriages quickly. Guard debt. God tells us not to do it. Don't get in this coveting, I've got to keep up with the neighbors. Their house is so much cooler than mine. My wife's a realtor. I want you to buy houses. But don't put yourself in financial hawk to be able to do that. Love of money. Love of money is evil. Money's not. Debt, financial stress, all come with it in, inside of life. Guard it. Uh, come up with a plan. I always encourage new married people to, to come up with a budget and a plan. Um, get someone to help you with it if you're not comfortable with that. Next, labor. Uh, one more of the pillars that are there. Where do we work? We're not going to feel good uh, if we're not working in a meaningful position inside of our lives. And if we're not working heartily and as if we're working for God. God's clear on this. 
know who we work for. For me, I, I love hard manual labor. Given a choice between a, a lot of different kinds of work, computer or anything else, or digging a ditch, I'd like to dig a ditch. It's something I'm, I'm particularly gifted for, uh, by the way. But I love to do it. Uh, I love physical labor. Actually, I like work of all kinds. Uh, I would prefer the physical as I go forward. But whatever I do, and whatever any follower of Christ should do, we should realize we're not working for the man. We're working for Christ. We're working for Christ to accomplish what we're supposed to. If you're angry at your job right now, that's an insult to God because he puts you there. Work diligently. Some people come in and say, I want a better job. I said, are you happy with that job? Content because God gave it to you. And are you working as a good steward? Then he can give you another one. You know, uh, next pillar, mental health. Uh, protecting our family. This is something, again, we're going to have a relationship series. But here are some things that I see. Husbands, love your wife as Christ loved the church. If she sees you as a servant and a slave to her, you're doing your part. Wives, respect your husband. Serve them as Christ serves you. Bring this into the marriage that your kids can see this. And a pattern is established maybe for generations. Parents, discipline your children. One of the most common reasons for anger in a family is parents don't know how to discipline. They, they don't have a plan, so they eventually get mad at the bad behavior. Have a plan. Come up with a discipline plan. And, parent, and kids... You know, I know it's common art in our day and age. Don't trash talk your parents. Don't argue. Don't push back. Honor your father and your mother. These simple verses, if we honor God with our heart, and each of these six pillars that are there. And that's really the point today as we go forward. That's God's way of escape. Follow God. Do what God's called us to do, and don't give the devil an opportunity. It's a spiritual battle. Recognize the damage of anger. And realize it's not out here. It starts in here. Many people keep their anger tucked inside. No one knows we're anger. God knows. You know, I, uh, I, the Lord, I search the heart. I test the mind in order to give to each man. You know, resolve your anger quickly. And, and remember the choice that we have. We have a choice between two lists. We can choose anger of the world and the spirit of the world, or we can choose God's spirit. You know, to me, it's, it really is a pretty easy choice. Is it for you? Would you join me in prayer? Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have given us a way of escape that we might glorify and honor you with our emotions, with our, uh, with, our, with our mental and emotional health. You've shown us a path where we can show others your glory by, by relying on you, yielding our lives to you, that we can enrich our, our homes, that we can protect our health, uh, we can build our relationships, and, and we can honor you and, and please you in all that we do. Thanks that you're a God that has good things for us. We thank you in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Okay. Well, did you get overrun with questions? Um, I do have a few questions that came in. Yes. Okay. And, and they're not angry. 
They're not, they're ang not okay. angry. No. Very, very I, important. If you're angry, don't <laughs> go on the text number right no. now. So. Um, yeah, so just as a reminder, guys, uh, here's our text number. So please feel free to text in. But we did get a couple of questions in during service. Um, the first one we'll address it actually has to do with tonight's subject, which is anger. Um, it is very easy to quickly snap or have an outburst when angry. What is a practical way to prevent that from happening? Well, it's going to, it sounds like really stupid, is look at your life. Go, go back to those pillars. We, the, the outline is on our phone app. It's on the, uh, the, the, the church outline. Go through those five things. Are, are you in rela relational strife? Are you sleeping? Uh, are you taking care of your bodies? Are you, uh, are you happy at work? Are you, what's going on? Look at the cause factors underneath. And, 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 and be honest with yourself. Are you a Christian? That's the number one question that I have to decide when I talk to people. Uh, are we a follower of Christ? So the first thing is, 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 is look for root causes. Are, is Christ in your life? Are you obeying Christ in each of those areas? If not, well, you should be angry. I hate to say it that way, but yeah, you should be because the devil's got you. How's that for being friendly? Okay. Um, do you mind if I... Oh, no, okay. no, no. So, well, excuse me. Mind if you, I like, I like go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> She's can, Italian and Greek, converse. so here we got problems. <laughs> um, so, because I know that I've talked to a lot of people. Um, you mentioned last week that I get to teach the self-confrontation yep. class, um, and we address anger in there. A lot of the questions that I've had from folks is that, you know, prior to knowing Christ, we, because we practice sin, it it's almost like it's not inside of our control. It happens so fast yeah. that even though you want to catch it, you can't really catch it. Yeah. So would you, uh, besides doing all what you've already recommended, you know, checking yeah. our, our lives holistically, um, would you also maybe recommend maybe kind of jotting or recognizing triggers of, you know, people or circumstance, not people like you can't ditch people, you know, you you can't do the whole, you make me angry. <laughs> can't get rid of Bill. No, huh? <laughs> we can't get rid of people. But in just so that you can kind of be preemptive and have a plan yep. to know the times when you're most tempted to become angry. Yeah. Can I add one thing to that? Please. Uh, Psalms 139 has given one of those life verses, I think, to me, and I think I encourage everyone to have it. Uh, Psalms 139, at, down near the end of that thing, it says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts. And if there's any hurtful way in me, lead me in the everlasting path. Now, if you've had a, an outbreak of anger in your life or a conflict with someone, the question, pray that prayer and then stop and say, God, show me my pride and my selfishness in that. I've never come up empty. So <laughs> I suggest that. Okay. <laughs> Um, okay, the second one is actually, is, it's a fun Old Testament um, question. Was it wrong for David, Gideon, and several other Old Testament figures to have had multiple wives? Did God allow or condone it? That's a fun question. I love that question. Well, again, <laughs> just... Good question. Thanks very much. I, you probably enjoyed giving me that one. 
the, first off, multiple wives. God's plan from the beginning was a man leaves his family and he's joined to his wife and the two become one flesh. It, was, it always has been. So many, as a matter of fact, animals in the uh, species in the animal kingdom are mates for life. And that's what we're meant to be. Now, just as Jesus was explaining there was a time when you could give a certificate of divorce, it said, well, God allowed that because of the hardness of your heart. And I think multiple wives is also an example of a hardness of our heart. I mean, there are cultural situations that were involved in everything else. But uh, one man, one woman, uh, that's God's plan for marriage. And plus, it's sanity. Two wives? Really? <laughs> Never mind. I take that. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm with you on that one. <laughs> what foolish man would want to? Okay, and so that's actually what we have for our questions tonight.